You're listening to the one, the only, the original Industrial Paint Podcast, the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker, and I'm faking excitement this morning as I have the one and only director himself, Mr. Paul the Greek Jameis. How are you doing, sir? You know, Jack, I, I'm doing fine. But I got to say, you caught me a little off guard with that energy. I, we've been sitting in here talking for a few minutes, getting ready. That was not the energy level of the pre-show prep here. It's not ever my energy level. But you know what? I like to catch people off guard sometimes. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> hey, Paul. So we're continuing along, chugging along with our Blast Media series here. And people actually listen to this thing. They sure did. You know, we reached out and we said, hey, somebody... Call in, email us, let us know. Emailing us, you can get us at technicalservice at carboline.com. Jack's on Twitter at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. Somebody reached out to us. We got him on the show today. And here they come. We got Jake Wren from Surface Prep Supply coming up. And we're going to talk a little bit about Surface Prep Supply, but also about some of the different media and how and why you would choose the media. Talking with Jake, it really sounds like they do a lot of stuff the same way we do it here in tech service. So anyway, here's our good interview and conversation with Jake about the different blast media, how it works, when you would choose it, and all the different pre-qualifications that you need in order to make the right selection. Joining us this week on the Carverline Tech Service Podcast is Jake Wren, and he's a general manager. He specializes in blasting supply for surface prep supply. Hey, Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Big listener, love the show, so really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We actually learned the power of the show a little bit last week. We were desperate to talk to somebody and threw it out there, and uh, Jake's coworker uh, wrangled him in for us. Yeah, it really was. It was a it was a neat toss in from uh, Derek. So yeah. thank, thanks, Derek. Thanks, Derek. And then uh, so Jake, don't worry, uh, I'll, I'll pay him back for this whole thing later. <laughs> All right, outstanding. <laughs> Well, Jake, tell us a little bit about Surface Prep Supply and what it is that you guys do. Yeah, we've been around since about 2008, uh, but we are actually a part of Standard 10 and Silica before then, uh, which Standard 10 has been around since 1945. We're a supplier to the sandblasting market, so we carry the different abrasives and blasting equipment, safety equipment. We actually uh, also do represent Carboline, uh, we're very proud to say. Uh, so we sell a little bit of everything, and uh, we try to do most of it as, uh, the best we can. Outstanding. I guess jumping right into it, it, you know, no point in no point in waiting around. We're hitting this kind of in the middle of a series that we're doing on uh, abrasive blasting and the different types of abrasives and when you would use one for each one. And just you know, as we've gone through your website, as we've done a little bit of prep, you know, you guys have a wide range of of products that you make available to the public. Tell us a little bit about maybe the kinds of questions that you ask when you're talking to your customer as to what it is they need to make sure that they get the right abrasive for the job they're doing? Yeah, sure. We usually start with two questions. The first one being, what type of surface or substrate are you blasting? Because that'll certainly send you to a different route on the different abrasives that's right for uh, a right fit for that job. The other thing is, what coating are you using? Uh, obviously, most coatings have a specification that they want the profile to be within a certain range. So that'll lead us to the right gradation of the right abrasive. Uh, as you start to get a little further involved, you want to know, are they able to reclaim the abrasive? Are they doing this in a cabinet? What's the application? Are they powder coating? You know, how are they able to recycle the abrasive? And then 
getting even further, you want to start to real, you know, come to an understanding of are they able to take this in bulk and save money on their per pound price? Because we view it as a partnership. If we're able to make our customers uh, the, the most efficient way of getting that job done, if we're able to help them accomplish that, that's better for us because they're going to stick around. It's hard to find people that enjoy sandblasting. So if we get a couple guys that like it, we want to keep them happy and making money. Uh, so we, there's a few questions that really come into play uh, as far as that goes. So you mean they just don't call up and say, hey, we need to sandblast it, and you ship them a truck of sand, huh? We try to avoid that most of the time. Um, <laughs> I won't say that we've never done that. But, uh, no, usually usually we, we have a couple questions that we want to answer to make sure that they, they get the right fit for what they're doing. And that really is, that's one of the things that we work with with all the new guys as they come into tech service here at Carboline is getting away from that phrase of sandblasting. Because uh, although, the, yes, the industry has come to know it that way, it really, you know, cuts short what is involved in this part of the industry. So hear that term sandblasting, we hear the term, uh, hey, I need some sand. Okay, well, <laughs> logical thinking, you're thinking they need silica sand. That is the furthest thing from the truth. <laughs> you never know what sand means. <laughs> right. uh, so it's, it's interesting for our side of it. Well, especially with all the recent regulations from OSHA, I, I fail to believe that they really actually want sand anymore all that often. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. It's a, it's a much more rare case to find somebody using silica sand. So whenever somebody says sand, it, it is getting a little bit easier, thanks to OSHA, to say, hey, you probably don't actually mean silica sand. What are you talking about? What color is it? Let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like abrasive uh, blast media technical assistance isn't all that different than coding technical <laughs> assistance. <laughs> I, I'm amazed we will get the call. I want to talk to you about your red paint. Right. And then you ask, well, <laughs> which paint is that? Well, yours. Okay. Yep. Well, there's a lot of our paints in red. Oh. Uh, do you mean the one that comes in the red bucket? Yeah, <laughs> right. that, that one. Hey, Jack, you know what? What? Part of Carboline's going on the road again. Again? Yeah. This time, they are going to Chicago. We're going to be at WefTech 2019, which is in Chicago this year. It's a 92nd annual Water Environment federation conference so we're going to be in booth 4305 and that's september 23rd through 25th and uh you know chicago's a great town except for that uh baseball team uh that uh with a youthful animal yeah but that's okay as of right now they're in second place second place all right but this commercial runs for a whole month so we'll just have to see <laughs> yeah we'll see where they go anyway uh so while you when you stop by at WevTech, make sure that you come and ask about the carbomastic 615 carbomastic 615 is a phenalkamine epoxy it does really good applying to damp surfaces make sure you ask them see you there so um we've talked about steel grid steel shot so you know the sspc ab1 is the abrasive blast standard for mineral and slag abrasive so those are what we're talking about today we're talking about the silica sands the garnets do you kind of want to give us a, a rundown of the different types of media that that you would say are typically associated with that type of abrasive yeah we usually the bulk majority of our sales right now are going through coal slag uh, through harshville minerals they, they sell an iron horse blend so that's a coal slag, copper slag mixture. So it's not just black beauty like it used to be. Uh, now they also have a, a different brand called Iron Horse. Uh, so we, we sell quite a bit of that. It's a manufactured product. We do also sell the Star Blast, the Star Light uh, side of sands, the garnet, whether that be you know Indian or Australian or, or domestic silica sands. It's we just about everything. We we carry quite a bit of 
all the different types of braces. When would you use the coal slag or copper slag as opposed to steel grit, for an example, just gener- generally speaking? Yeah, so that, that kind of leads back to the, those questions that we asked. Um, if the customer isn't able to reclaim their abrasives, uh, clean it, uh, get the contaminants out, um, and, and recycle that abrasive, steel grit really isn't that feasible to be able to use it on a consistent basis if it's a one-time use. Uh, so any sort of outdoor blasting, you know, where you're having to travel or, or not able to recycle that product, that's when the slags come into play just merely due to price. Um, just because steel grid is, is pretty expensive up front. Steel grid definitely has its, its play in the industry whenever you're able to recycle that abrasive because obviously steel grid will last you through many, many, many recycle processes. So coal slag, you're really not going to be able to recycle in, in a efficient way. So if you're doing outdoor blasting, it's really not a good fit. That is where coal slag becomes a good fit and steel, and steel grid is not a good fit. So really, we're talking about scenarios like when we're looking at uh, wheel abraders and that style where it's a controlled environment and you can keep reusing it over and over. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we've seen it quite a bit in, in uh, blast rooms with a, with a recovery system in the floor uh, where steel grit is a perfect fit. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a company locally here that, that manufactures uh, pumps, like these, these huge water pumps. And so they, they kind of know what it is they're going to blast on a regular basis because they're doing it for themselves. And uh, so that's when they were able to invest in the blast room and uh, invest in the steel grid, which will give them much more value over time, you know, than a one-time use abrasive wood. So that's going to be the main difference between those abrasives. If steel is going to be reusable where mineral uh, and slag abrasives for the most part are not. Yeah, you might be able to get a, a recycle as, as you start to climb the most scale and get a little bit of a denser product. You might be able to get a recycle or two out of the, the star blast and the garnet side of things, but really that's, that's the main differ, uh, differentiating factor in the abrasive is just price and reusability. So now one of the things that we always tell people as a coating manufacturer is we don't care how you get our profile and our specified cleanliness, but you obviously care a little bit more about how you get from point A to point B. Let's walk through a couple of these things. We're going to go back to these questions and we'll wrap it up here fairly quickly. But, you know, with those initial questions, one of the things that you said you want to know what you're braiding, what your system is, I'm assuming as we refer to the most scale of hardness, as you go up that scale with substrate, you need to go up that scale as well with the uh, blast media. Right. And, you know, the way I like to, to train people is we actually keep a little bit of a scale handy to, to, for our employees that has the dentist product that we sell, which would be aluminum oxide, and works its way down, you know, to baking soda. Silica sand is what I always call the equator of the, the most scale, uh, because as you go up in, in, in hardness from silica sand, you start getting to the slags and the starlight sands, the price starts to go up. And as you go down in hardness from silica sand to, to corn cobs and plastic media and, and baking soda, the price also goes up. Uh, so we like to use that as a, as a factor to help the, the customer out, depending on whether they can recycle or reuse it or not. Outstanding. Well, Jake. No, uh, wait, we can't let him go. Oh, we, oh yeah, we got one. <laughs> so as I'm doing my research for the show, <laughs> I, I go to your website, which we'll give out here in a second. And I notice, you know, everything's looking in line. We got abrasives. We got the equipment you need for the abrasives. Like you said, we got some carbaline coating. But then 
this one category sticks out to me and it's, it's athletic field products. How in the world did you guys bring that into your fold being as that it's such a different industry? <laughs> sure. It's a, it's a relatively common question. Um, but you got to keep in mind, we started as a silica sand manufacturer in 1945. So as we were developing silica sands in the different industries, this really was all a hub and spoke model to begin with. As we started to sell silica sand then to the sandblasting industry, we saw a need to be able to supply equipment, abrasives, and coating. We were selling uh, top dressing sands to, to fill in the baseball fields whenever you punch them and, and level out that surface and, and provide some drainage. So figured we might as well sell the other products that go on the athletic field also. And I guess if you're selling bags and totes and truckloads, as long as it flows, it didn't matter which one it was, huh? It, it makes it a little bit interesting on our employees because uh, we're asking them to really get an understanding of quite a few different industries. <laughs> but it's all it, it's kind of fun uh, you know, as a salesperson going out to see uh, a bigger sandblasting and painting contractor, and then the next minute you're talking to a baseball coach. So it <laughs> kind of makes it a little bit interesting. Yep, I bet it does. I bet you've gotten to see some neat complexes. <laughs> yeah, we, we deal with quite a few here. There's a couple in, in Central Florida that uh, you know house some of the, the northern teams you know, in January and February, they, they have bigger baseball tournaments, like 100 or 200 teams that come down and play. So we saw quite a bit of it. Well, Jake, thank you very much for coming on the show. If you guys have any more questions for Jake or more curious more about Surface Prep Supply, you can check out prepsupply.com. And uh, we'll be continuing this on as we go on through the coming weeks. But thank you very much, Jake, for uh, coming on the show. Uh, thank you guys for having me. And, uh, can't wait to, to finish out this uh, this abrasive and blasting series. It's a, like I said, it's it's exciting to to hear people uh, that are passionate about the blasting industry. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, you know it was great having you on. It's really we appreciate when we get somebody referred in. You know, not somebody that we had to go find and, and convince to come on. So it really was it was an honor for us to be able to have you. You know, even if you were volunteered. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. All right. right. Thanks, Jake. And so, for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like like to thank thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline?